turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Who's more conservative, high school girls or high school boys? And later, why is America Ferreira's monologue from the Barbie movie resonating with so many women? You're listening to The Common Good. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Common Good on this Friday afternoon. My name is Aubrey Sampson, and like rounding out the week... Coming in strong, finishing the race is our special guest co-host, Catherine yeah. who has been Woo. all week long. Catherine, I'm sure we'll do this later on in the show. Okay. What a delight it's been to have you. Oh, thank you. It has been a delight to be here. And what a week it has been. What a week it has been. And Brian Fromm's coming back on Monday, so we'll be glad to have Brian back as well. But it's been okay. so fun to have you in the house Catherine. All right. I'm going to read you some statistics. Oh, about I love statistics and high school girls. Okay. Oh, Let me, okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you a question then I'll read it to you. Okay. Who, who, okay. There's some research behind this, but just, you know, spitfire here. If I were to say to you, someone is more conservative, high school boys or high school girls, who would you think is the more conservative group? Oh, man. I think I would say boys. Okay. So you are correct. I am. I love being correct. 12th grade boys. So almost almost the same age as our boys are nearly twice as likely to identify as conservative versus liberal, according to a new study in annual surveys over the last three years. Roughly one quarter of high school seniors self-identified as conservative or, quote, very conservative. Only 13% of boys identified as liberal or very liberal in those years. The figures represent a shift in the political views of boys. Fascinating. As, as the late 2000s, liberal boys occasionally outnumbered conservative. This is what's interesting. In the late 70s, you, this maybe wouldn't be surprising. Both boys and girls leaned liberal, but now it's girls who are largely left-leaning. The share of 12th grade girls who identified as liberal rose from 19% in 2012 to 30% in 2022. Only 12% of girls identified themselves as conservative in last year's survey. Interesting. Oh, there's a little side note here. Okay. It's important to note the largest group of senior boys, more than 40%, claimed no politics at all, answering the liberal conservative question with, quote, none of the above or, quote, I don't know. That actually makes a lot of sense to me. There was a part of me that was like, how are high schoolers answering this yeah, question? Yeah, well, I think mine definitely would yeah, answer mine, that question. But what was definitely would too. What was the that last one that they said? What was the percentage? Of the I don't knows, you mean? Yeah, yeah. For more than 40%. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's, for the most Almost part, half. high school boys are still not interested in politics. Yeah, yeah. Or Got they're it. Not, they haven't landed yet or yet, Got it. Some, something like that. Okay. That makes sense. So what do you think is attributing to this? Let's, let's go with just the growth in high school boys as aligning with more conservative or conservative compared to in the past any any i mean you and i aren't statisticians but just any thoughts on 
why this might be true? Well, you know, just off the top of my head, if we're looking at like groupthink and kind of enculturation, I think mm-hmm. probably there's a little bit more kind of pep rally feel in the conservative side for boys. Yep. Um, and maybe a little bit more of a pep rally feel on the liberal side for girls. Um, so yep. probably it's probably an easier entry point. Yeah. Just from is, a, from a yeah. cultural group think group identity standpoint. Here's what some people are saying. This is from an Instagram feed called Mo News. Hmm. Somebody said, "I this doesn't surprise me. I would love to see this broken down by race. Mm. Um, I think that's an interesting thought. Yeah. Um, somebody else says this, and I, I think this is intriguing. When a world is built for you, yeah. it's easier to lean towards the direction that wants to keep the status quo or push yeah. anyone wanting to equalize or make things better. Fear drives so many things. You've written a lot about that, Catherine. <laughs> I have. I uh, have. What, what say you? Yeah, I think that's an extremely good point. You know, at its, re- I think the words conservative and liberal have become kind of uh, loaded terms, shall we yeah, say? And certainly. we don't necessarily mean the same thing when we say them. <laughs> that's but so true. From like an academic definition perspective, conservative ultimately means um, trying to hold on to the past and what's traditional and liberal means trying to be progressive, trying to, uh, to move forward. Mm-hmm. And it, it's absolutely true that, uh, the world has been the system that we're in has been made for, for boys, for white people. Yep. Uh, yep. so it makes sense that, um, white folks and males are going to be more likely to say, yeah, this works. Like, let's hang on to this. Let's not change anything. Yeah. More likely that women or people of color would say this has actually not worked at all. Like we need to change something. We need Mm -hmm. progress. Yeah. (laughs) Progress. (laughs) Okay. This is, this is a good reply. Uh, so if my math is correct, 13% were liberal, 20% moderate, 23% conservative and 44% don't know. Hmm. These statistics don't actually tell us much (laughs) that the numbers are pretty evenly divided between those who have an opinion, but we need to do much better at teaching about government to our high schoolers. So the other 40% can form an educated opinion. I think that's kind of interesting. That is interesting. What are your thoughts on high school? I mean, our high schoolers will be voting in the next election. They will be. Yeah. Political opinions. And I think for mine very much do too. Largely by our family and their peers around them. But I think, Mm -hmm. you know, that doesn't make it not meaningful at all. No. Yeah. That's really meaningful. Um, but what are your thoughts about high schoolers having some, some, there's this part of me that wants them to wait till they're like 25 and then decide, see more of the world. Well, decide. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a deciding thing, you know, Mm -hmm. like they will decide when they're 25 and they'll decide when they're 35 and they'll decide when they're 45. Um, uh, because everything is going to be changing and every, every four years they need to make a new decision. Every two years, hopefully they'll vote, uh, more frequently than every four years. Yep. What strikes me in what you just read is that they said, they use the word government. And I think we don't really associate the words conservative and liberal with government anymore. We associate mm-hmm. it with culture wow. and a cultural identity. Yeah. And I, I think that's a detriment because we are sort of like, which side of the culture war are you fighting for? Who are your enemies rather than like, how can we create something? How can we build a government that will benefit everyone um, 
I think yeah. if we thought about it more from the perspective of educated citizens building a government, building a government, we would be better off. Mm-hmm. Okay, Catherine, I, I'm going to read you one comment that I know you're going to appreciate. We might have okay. to unpack it for, oh. for our listeners. Somebody said, that's some real mojo dojo casa house energy right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, baby. That's a, that's a, mm. Ken, a Ken quote. Yeah, we need an outro now of that, uh, of that song that uh, was his theme song. Uh, I'm just Ken. Uh, all, right. all right. Well, interesting uh, statistics. And, Absolutely. Are uh, our 12th grade boys twice as conservative? as girls or as the side that says they're liberal. We'll find out more as we continue following that story. Coming up next, speaking of the Barbie movie, this was a good segue that I didn't plan for. America Ferreira's monologue from that movie is everywhere. It is. We're going to talk about it, unpack it, and try to answer the question, why is it resonating with so many people? We'll have that conversation when we return. You're listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Earlier this week, Catherine and I talked about how we got decked out and dressed up and took ourselves to see the Barbie movie. Yeah, we did. And had a had a lot of fun doing that. You can't see uh, Catherine in the studio right now, but she is wearing a Barbie shirt. I just asked I am. you, she is wearing a Barbie shirt. We both wore Barbie shirts to the movie, and I think that was that was awesome. That was amazing. It was awesome. It was awesome. a gift from you, Aubrey, and I'm wearing it today in honor of your gift. Thank you. I appreciate that. Lots yeah. of women at the yeah. movie were dressed up in various, you know, pink or Barbie mm-hmm. referential mm-hmm. things. That was kind of fun. Um, but what's sweeping the nation from the Barbie movie is America Ferreira's monologue. It's gone viral. Everybody's talking about it. Memes everywhere about it. People writing articles about it. I think there's been enough time now that we can just say, spoiler alerts, your time has passed. You're going to hear about this. We're two weeks Um, in. Yeah. And basically, we don't necessarily need to read the full monologue. But America Ferreira, I think her character's name is Gloria, says to Barbie, essentially, it's literally impossible to be a woman. Hmm. And then goes on and on and on about sort of the contradictions women have to embrace simply to survive in this world. Yeah. And I, I mean, I was, you know, crying in the theater a lot of moments in the movie. Yes. Movie. Yes. You said you had already read it, so it didn't come as much of a surprise to you as I think it did to me. Yeah. Yeah. I had read this, but I was waiting for it. I was like, here it comes. So I think it's, I think the question is like, it was, it was very powerful and written by assuming Greta Gerwig, who has a lot Uh to say about being a woman, especially in this country. Why do you think it's just like resonating? Why is it everywhere? Like, why is this why is this monologue, which you can look it up at usatoday.com if you want to, why is this so relatable for people? Well, I think it is, you know, a lot of times what we love in art, whether it's a book we're reading or a TV show we're watching or a movie or a painting, we are realizing that somebody has depicted our internal reality Mm. better than we ever could have. And so we're like, I see myself in this. And I think that's what happened with this monologue is that Mm. women all across the country, if not the world, said, you just depicted what it looks like to be me yeah. better than I ever could have said. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ugh, what do you think? 
Yeah, I, no, I think you're exactly right. I think people saw themselves in it, and there's there was some pain addressed in it. And yes, I think very much so. That, like anytime that pain is named in a way that you go, yes, that's my experience of pain. Mm-hmm. I, you know, mm-hmm. there's been stories of like applause breaking out in theaters. I can't remember. Did people applaud in, when we saw it? I don't think so. Yeah, but I there could... was certainly tears flowing. Yes. Yes. Um, and people kind of audibly like, oh, or yeah. yes. Amen. The, the funny yeah. part about the scene in the movie, I, as I thought back on it, it's a moment when, when Barbie is feeling sorry for herself because she's like, I'm not the president. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a rocket scientist. I'm just Barbie. And in, uh-huh. in, in Barbie land, women are presidents and women are rocket right. scientists and women are astronauts and all of these things. And so that was so funny to me that the setup was kind of like, wow, even at the level where you're comparing yourself to the president of the United States for women, it can be easy to feel like you're not enough. Yes. And that really struck me. And then I, I think I'll just share some of the, the speech here. Again, you can find it on USA Today. You can find it on Twitter, Instagram. I mean, people mm-hmm. are sharing it all over the yeah. place. But- yes. It's on t-shirts. It's on yeah. coffee mugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it definitely hit home. But she, t- yeah. this is the part I thought was fascinating. We have to always be extraordinary, but somehow we're always doing it wrong. Yeah. Do you, as a woman, do you feel that pressure and and let's, you know, yeah. Do you feel that pressure to be extraordinary and like, you're always doing it wrong, maybe on a bad day. Hopefully you're not always walking through your days like that, but yeah, you know, I don't know that I have a conscious awareness of this on a daily basis or, or very often at all, but I think that is why it resonates is because these are not thoughts that we are, I'm not walking around saying, um, I'm never allowed to be rude. I'm never allowed to show off. I'm never allowed mm-hmm. to be selfish, but I always have to be putting myself out there. And I had, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, I have to, yeah. So I don't think we are aware of it necessarily, but when we hear someone say it, we're like, that makes sense of what, yeah. of the tension I've been feeling. And, you know, we've all had the experience of seeing, you know, uh, a man and a woman, for example, let's say debating to be the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. And the comments about the men are about his ideas. And the yep. comments about the woman are like, well, why outfit. is her hair that way? Yep. Why did she choose that outfit? Yep. Like, why was her tone of voice like this? Yep. Didn't she sound angry? Didn't she sound whiny? Um, and so it's like, I, I think that's sort of what it's getting at. It's Absolutely. like you you have to want to achieve something. You have to be willing to use your gifts and skills to serve society. But when you're doing that, you're going to be critiqued, not for those skills or, or your performance. You're going to be critiqued about all these other yeah. little things. Mm. Um, and how And how can you win? And I think just like, you know, uh, when we were younger and our children were babies, like the women who chose to stay at home were critiqued Mm. for not contributing to society or like they were exercising their privilege and not having to work. And that was critiqued. But the women who worked were like anti-motherhood and they were abandoning their families. And the women who like you and I tried to do a little bit of both, like Mm -hmm. were critiqued for trying to have it all. And it's, it's, It's like, is there an option that I can choose? Is there a path I can take as a woman where society doesn't say, ah, that was the wrong one? And (laughs) it's sort of like, lets you live your life. Yeah. (laughs) 
I did. There, there was a moment when the character Gloria's daughter says something like, "Yeah, we live in a society where men hate women and women hate women. Like we're just yeah. always critiquing yeah. each other for everything all the time." And then, yeah, kind of the culmination, or, or uh, not it, not the culmin, a culmination of the movie, mm-hmm. especially of America Ferrera's storyline, is she creates this ordinary Barbie, and she's like, she can be a mom or not be a mom. She yeah. can do this or not do that. And yep. it's all good. Like kind of just, yep. like, just let her live her life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I do think uh th- that was you're so right when you relate it to motherhood. Like, I mean, especially within the church, I mean the 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 comments that I don't know that people made mm. about oh you're I mean, just everything. Oh, you don't you work outside of the home? Yeah. Oh, you don't work. Where are your children? Oh, yeah. yeah. Who's watching <laughs> your kids right now? Mm-hmm. Like the, things mm-hmm. like that, that. Yeah. That honestly, like microaggressions. Yes. Yeah. But it with a really large narrative of like what you're doing is not enough. And right. Not and, okay. a, and again, that women who make either choice mm. are getting that same that yeah. same critique. Like right. you shouldn't stay home. You should be at work. Oh, you shouldn't be at work. You should be at home. <laughs> One yeah. of the ways that uh, the, she ends her speech to America Ferreira in the Barbie movie is, I'm just so tired of watching myself and every single other woman tie herself into knots so that people will like us. Uh, and if all of that is also true for a doll just representing women, then I don't even know. Oh, yeah. man. Whew. Yeah. Powerful, powerful stuff. Once again, go see that Barbie movie. It's you good. Will, you will appreciate it. You'll at least learn from it. All right. Coming up next, a little more chat GPT. Awesome. Catherine, it's exegeting scripture. It said it wasn't what? going to, but now it is. We're going to talk about that when we return. You're listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Earlier this week, Catherine and I had some fun with chat GPT on Harry Potter's birthday. Was that Monday or Tuesday? I can't remember. That was Monday, that July was 31st, Monday. Harry right. Potter's birthday, 43 years old. <laughs> I still, I can't get over it. 43 nope. years no. old. Well, we played some games with chat GPT. You put yourself into the Harry Potter story as Harry Potter's pastor slash chaplain. I did. We asked chat GPT some creative ways to celebrate Harry Potter's birthday. And I stumbled upon this, Catherine, that I'm going to have you set up for us. But apparently okay. chat GPT is starting to exegete scripture over, mm. over at Christianity Today. They're talking about that. Can you tell us what is going on? I'll try. Okay. <laughs> um, is ChatGPT exegeting scripture well? What is ChatGPT's hermeneutic? These are my pressing questions. <laughs> um, but some author or scholar or pastor decided to see what ChatGPT would have to say about the Sermon on the Mount. Mm. So he decided to uh, to investigate this. And he says, I was struck by the fact that ChatGPT holds up a mirror to the North American church as well as to the broader Western scholarly community by sharing three major shortcomings with us that have, as we have been shaped by the spirit of our age. Come on. And yes, this is amazing, actually, this article. So first of all, the, the, the fault that we share, he says with ChatGPT, is that ChatGPT me- metaphorizes and individualizes scripture without a clear method for when and why, Mm. and often in direct contradiction to the text itself. Mm, So I think what it's saying is that it can really only 
kind of guess at what what this means in context, which yes. often is what we're doing too. Yep. The second the second problem that this uh I'm gonna call him a pastor. I don't know if he is, but I assume okay. so. Yeah. Um the second problem that he has with chat GPT's ability to exegete is that the, the the bot's interpretations are ignorant of the interpretive traditions that produced them. So again, like lacking that broader social context. Fair, fair. And and third, he says, because the bot is disembodied, ah. its interpretations are necessarily disembodied. And thus yeah. a bot is unable to recognize the realities of scripture and interpretation. Mm. So his point is... That it's not a great exegesis of the Sermon on the Mount. Um, but he's, I think he's saying, but it, it, it's a good exercise for us to realize that often our own exegesis yeah. is falling into wow. these same problems. Wow. This is so interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, wow. There's so many places we could go with this. Let's, let's start with our own, let's start with our own exegesis. Jetical error. Okay. But then I also just want to talk about chat GPT and sermon writing and pastors. Yeah. Yeah. So Catherine, t- take what he said and like apply it to us. Okay. Well, here's actually an example that he gives. Um, when chat GPT was asked about Jesus teaching in Matthew 5, 29 and 30, which is if your right eye causes you to stumble, uh, chat GPT came down really hard and definitive saying it is important to note that this passage should not be taken literally. Jesus is using figurative language to make a point about the seriousness of sin, mm. um, not literally instructing his followers to mutilate their bodies. Mm. And he says, I don't necessarily disagree with this, but how interesting that an AI is being so firm and so certain that it is capable of of telling me what this ancient wisdom from God incarnate is telling me about how to, how, what to do with my body and what to do with my yeah. sin issue. Yeah. Um, just that kind of the hubris that we have probably infused into chat GPT. So I think, think as a communicator, it's, it's worth going, look, I I've done the work. I've done some research. I'm not speaking for God and I'm not even claiming total authority. This is, I am bringing to you what I, what I'm holding. I want you to hold it provisionally until we learn a better way. Like, do you think, or does that just undermine your message as a communicator? Oh man, that again, you always ask me questions that I feel like have so many different layers, (laughs) but I think this is why we need to read the Bible in community. Community. Amen. Our local community right now, as well as the historical community of faith. So we need to understand what was going on uh, in the peasants' lives Mm -hmm. that were assembled on this mountain when Jesus was talking. And we need to understand what's going on in our own neighborhoods as we're, as we're unpacking it. And I don't think a robot is going to be able to help us Mm -hmm. with that very much. So I think we should say, you know, I think it should be in dialogue. I think that the preacher should be putting forth some of the research and some of the study and some of the conviction that maybe the average church member lacks, but then the church together needs to wrestle with what it means and how it looks. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. Okay. 
Uh, I'm just going to keep asking you questions. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Ethical problems with pastors who use chat GPT to write messages. What's the line? What's too far? What's like, I, I, okay. I'll tell you where I stand on this. Okay. Yeah, please do. Chat GPT has not been around long enough for me to have like a very deep, uh, opinion about this except mm-hmm. to say i just don't feel comfortable like as a as a preacher as a teaching pastor i just would not go to chat gpt to write my messages yeah i don't honestly i've heard some of my pastor friends say well what if it's just to get you started or give you an idea i don't feel comfortable with that either yeah 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 i am willing to be like maybe the get you started but even that i just i don't know i don't like it i and then i just wonder like well where's the holy spirit at work in there and where's your your own study i don't know i i just i so i i I, right now i am uncomfortable with that yeah yeah uh but what do you think about that you know i had a colleague who was really excited because he needed to write a lot of memos and he didn't have a lot of time and he wanted them to be very professional and yeah. writing was not his forte. Yeah. And so he went to ChatGPT and said, please write a memo to this organization mm-hmm. describing the summer picnic, which will be held, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And he ended up with a very succinct, mm-hmm. informative memo. He had to tweak it a little bit, and, but then that was done. And then he could be like, now please write a memo reminding everyone that the board yeah. meeting, um, and I think, but that's the chat GPT acting as an administrative assistant. Yeah. You know what I mean? Different. Yeah. And that is very different because I want my pastor to really have wrestled again, embodied in his Lived. own body Lived or her own theology. body, yeah. embodied in his own or her own neighborhood, yes. um, with a life of experience, um, and then yes. wrestle and just yes. wrestle. And I don't even see how ChatGPT could start us on that path. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and this author of this Christianity Today article goes on to talk about how easily ChatGPT flipped its own interpretations. Mm. Um, and I think you and I have talked about the fact that I asked ChatGPT to write a bio for Catherine McNeil. Yeah. And it did catch the three books that I have written, but it also included two additional books that I haven't written. Right. It's, it's not a search. It's not like Google where it's going to just spit back information. It is, it is going to create for you. It's trying to please you by creating something. And I don't, I don't think a robot creating our theology is that great of a plan. Uh, it definitely chat gpt definitely said that brian from and charlie dates were the co-host of the <laughs> oh, yeah i might just be bitter that might yeah. be bitter at chat gpt oh, all right man. coming up next we're gonna talk oppenheimer we've done barbie it's time to talk about oppenheimer we'll have that conversation when we return you're listening to the common good on am 1160 hope for your life it's Friday. You're headed into the weekend. Catherine, you have any fun plans this weekend? Uh, you know, I do. Uh, tonight, my son is going to be performing in his first <gasps> high school marching band okay, show. Amazing. That I so know. Cool. Tomorrow, I'm going to go see uh, some U.S. women's gymnastics. <gasps> that is so fun. Oh, yeah. And you I have know. kind of a big reveal about that. Can you share Well, it? I, I mean, I have read, I have it. read 
news articles saying that Simone Biles may be returning to competition. So I will report back because that would be epic. Okay. Okay. I, I hope that happens. I hope you get pictures I do with too. her. I hope you get um, her autograph, that kind of thing. But Aubrey, talking about plans, yes. I think you've seen Oppenheimer. My high school son is asking me, Ooh. can he go with a friend to see Oppenheimer? And Ooh. I haven't seen it. Yeah. What do you think? So my high school son recently asked me if he could see Oppenheimer. Oh. And I said no. Okay. Um, And part of uh, – this is one reason, and this is a big reason. Okay. Uh, there are a couple – I don't even know what the right term for it. They are gratuitous sex scenes, but it's mm. not. There's lots of movies with gratuitous sex scenes. This was abrupt hmm. and um, it did not fit thematically with the, oh. rest of the movie and was confusing and unnecessary. Oh, dear. Many, many gratuitous sex scenes are. But I mean, this almost just felt like, wait, what? This is this. This really? is a different movie. Are we watching a different movie all of a sudden? It, oh. Because some of those scenes in other movies, um, I'm not saying I endorse them, but there's buildup. You know it's coming. Sure, you're, sure. You're prepared. Okay, this is uh-huh. what's going to happen in this movie. I might turn my head for a minute. I might cover my husband's eyes. What, <laughs> you know what I mean? This was sort of just shocking and abrupt. And I think there was some artful reason behind that. But Interesting. I, it you couldn't see it. didn't justify the means to me. Okay. I felt like I was objectifying Frances Pugh, the actress in it. Oh, and she was being oh. commodified in. I did I didn't like and I think her character was being commodified, but I didn't need to participate in it as an audience member. Could have been implied. So I don't want my son I don't yeah. want my son it, yeah. it was so unnecessary and gratuitous. He's obviously seen kissing in movies and you know Yeah, yeah, yeah. This just was so unnecessary. I but beyond that, it is a obviously it's it's about the atomic bomb, and yeah. so there are interesting things in it that I actually think your son, especially your son, would like mm-hmm, about vision mm-hmm. and fusion, and my son would really like conversations around like toxic power and toxic yeah. women and power, and and you know there's there's some interesting elements, but it's yeah it's very heavy. There's no levity. Like, you know how sometimes even in serious dramas, there's a moment, a joke's told. Uh-huh. And you get a, you get a yeah. minute to laugh and breathe. Yeah. None of yeah. None of that. Oh, wow. And because intentionally Christopher Nolan does this sound art in his movies, the sound is also very intense and heavy and you don't okay. get a break. Okay. So it, it is quite emotional for 16, 17-year-old boys, let alone 45-year-old women. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, hard. that makes sense. Okay, hard stuff. Um, so anyway, I I wouldn't I wouldn't let him see it. Okay, I, okay. I think the other thing, Catherine, and you and I have talked about this before. Uh, Hamilton, which I love, uh, the greatest yes. showman, which I love. Yeah, okay, yes. And now Oppenheimer, which mm-hmm. I I did enjoy. Not my favorite movie, but I did enjoy it. I will say, as much as I enjoy those movies, love listening to the soundtracks of the first two, you know, would let my kids certainly see The Greatest Showman and, and Hamilton. I am I am increasingly tired of the same story of the sort of, like, yes. fallen, confused man who's a genius, but he womanizes yes. and yep. destroys everyone around him. But he's a genius, so we're going to yes. let him. It's yes. not like that. 
Okay. Yes. They, it, we seem to be obsessed with the stories of the man who flew too close to the sun. <laughs> and it. Yes. It, that is a, an important cautionary tale. But when we keep, when we just keep glorifying these stories of hubris and, um, men who, had such great potential and then destroyed so many people's lives in the process, but maybe had a shot at redemption. Uh, you just start to ask yourself, there are other stories to be yeah, told. There <laughs> are other stories to be told. Mm-hmm. I yes. Think, I think maybe this is part of why the Barbie movie, I think like, uh, like my hot yeah. Barbie was greater than Oppenheimer. And, okay. And it, I think this is why, cause that's a new story. It's not a yes. new story, meaning women have experienced this kind of stuff forever, but it's a new telling of a story. And yes. we haven't seen it enough. And so I think that's why it's fresh and fun and moving for people. Yeah. It's new. Yeah. That's really insightful. I don't know if you've seen that meme where on the left side we have Barbie looking cute and playful <laughs> in her car. And on the right side we have Oppenheimer looking yeah. dark and brooding. Yeah. And then it'll be like... Me when I get up in the morning and yeah. me when I'm coming home from work. Right, and it's right. like, how it started, it's as, how it ended. Yeah. As, yeah, as though one of them is depicting something light and playful mm. and the other one is depicting something heavy. Mm. And even before I saw the Barbie movie, I'm like, how, how telling is this that we look at Barbie and we think that that's light and that, mm-hmm. that she, as though she isn't carrying just as much weight, just as much gravitas, just as much um, trauma, but but is also masking in order to yeah. survive. But that Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer with the dark like cigarette hanging out of his mouth, is the true you know tortured genius. And it's That's, interesting, I think. That is so interesting. Okay, so why is it interesting? Like, why do we sort of elevate one over the other? I think because it takes nuance to realize that, at least in the Barbie movie, maybe not in the Barbie universe, but in the yeah. Barbie movie, she is carrying all the weight of sexual sexual harassment and dehumanization and oppression and also is able to put on a cute outfit, you know, and <laughs> right, right. Um, we just, we can only see the cute outfit, which goes back to what we were talking yeah, about before. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it, it's funny to me that there was a moment, again, we're kind of beyond spoiler alerts. You should have seen the Barbie movie by now people, but um, there's the scene where <laughs> Barbie and Ken first come into the real world, leaving Barbie land and men are ogling her. And she says something like, I don't know how to explain this, but it feels violent against me. Yes. I, you know, yeah. And Ken's like, not me. I feel admired. <laughs> and, I, and I'm like, yeah. Greta Gerwig got it. Yes. And I feel like that's sort of the Oppenheimer Barbie thing. Like, yes, absolutely. He's admired for being this dark, tragic, I mean, murderer, you know. Yep. And and womanizer and mm-hmm. and she's uh, ripped apart for sort of being this plasticky looking cute right. girl and I think that tells a lot. It's so telling, about yeah. Our culture to think that the women who are putting up with this day in and day out mm. and trying to advocate for themselves and their daughters and their mothers are somehow more shallow or mm. or uh, less aware of what's going on in the world than this yeah. intense man. That's yeah. that's just that's really interesting. 
It is, and I, you know what I think is going to be interesting? Award season. Who gets mm. who gets awarded for the storytelling? Yeah. And what does that say about yeah. our society? I'll mm-hmm. be I'll be really curious how that plays out. Well, yes. hey, once again, Catherine, we're so grateful that you've been with us all week. Thanks so much for oh, being here. Oh, it's been here. fun. It's been so fun. I'm sorry to leave. I know. So sad to leave. We hope Welcome have- back, Brian. Welcome back, Brian. <laughs> and Brian and I will be back on Monday from 4 to 6 p.m. We hope you have a great weekend. We're so grateful you've been with us all week. For Catherine McNeil, I'm Aubrey Sampson, and you've been listening to The Common Good on AM 1160. Hope for your life.